Well, I wasn't here on Thanksgiving Day, but uh, I'm not going to apologize to you for giving you a little Thanksgiving sermon tonight. Uh, in fact, the name of my, uh, my little sermon here, I think, would justify what I'm going to do, and the name of it is Making Thanksgiving a Habit making Thanksgiving a habit. It's not just something we do on Thanksgiving Day. We, aren't you glad that our country still has a Thanksgiving Day? And it was set up to thank God for what he'd been doing. Maybe a lot of people don't use it that way anymore. But uh, in some ways, it's true. Thanksgiving Day is every day. I'm glad we have a special day. But uh, we have something to thank God every day. You know, probably... When we get up in the morning, the first thing we uh, ought to uh, thank the Lord for is we can get out of bed. Sometimes I wonder about that, but I finally make it up. Making Thanksgiving a habit. Often when we approach the Thanksgiving season, uh, we look to the Psalms to articulate our praise, don't we? We think of the Psalms as praising Certainly is a praise book of the Bible. Wouldn't you think Psalm is a praising book of the Bible? One of the interesting things about the Psalms is that they were often penned in times of great trial and trouble. If you read them, you'll see that. But praise was expressed even in those trying circumstances. And I'm glad that we can do the same. Now, the Apostle Paul uh, practiced a similar outlook, I think. In his writings, he has a lot of thanks and praise. He was uh, a man who experienced much opposition and suffering. When you read his, it, it, can you imagine all that he suffered? He uh, had so much to say about thanksgiving and praise, even though he suffered. Sometimes he wrote his times of praise when he was in jail. In fact, I want to look at a, a passage this evening which he wrote when he was in jail. And it's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. Let me read that to you. Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 9. He starts it this way. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then I think he pauses a little bit and said, no, that's not enough. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever thing is true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. These things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in him do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Uh, he uses uh, this word whatsoever a lot in this passage, doesn't he? I, I have a funeral. I have a sermon about that, by the way. Uh, have you ever had, uh, I'm not talking about uh, my granddaughter who's here tonight, but have you ever had a granddaughter or somebody, a daughter, something like that, 
when you had said something, say, whatever, and roll their eyes? I've had it happen to me a lot of times. So I made a sermon, and when they say that, they're putting you down. You know that? They're putting you down. But Jesus didn't do that here. When he was saying whatever, he was bringing us up, telling us that we should have a habit of thanksgiving. So let me break this down a little bit. Number one, making thanksgiving a habit by offering perpetual praise. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He really wanted them to get that, didn't he? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What does always mean? Well, it means in all kinds of circumstances, doesn't it? He talks about that other places. Sometimes it's hard to rejoice when there are difficulties. But I'm glad that we can always, if we look to God, we can always find something to rejoice about. We can always rejoice about this, that in those times of difficulty, he's with us. But I think we need to make a habit of rejoicing. William Barclay said this, Christianity's joy is independent of all things on earth because it has its source in the continual presence of Christ. That's something to be happy about, isn't it? That he is always with us. You know, sometimes we may not feel his presence. Have you ever... Have you ever been in a situation where uh, things were going bad and you did not real, really feel his presence? I've had that. But I know this, that even though I don't feel his presence, he is there. Because he said, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. Always in Jesus is always, isn't it? Now, secondly, make Thanksgiving a habit by showing patience toward all people. Verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men, or as Wycliffe says, be your, be your patience known to all men. Let your patience be known to all men. Now, patience is not something that the American people are very good at. One of the first things that I had to, to learn when I got to South Africa, after coming from the United States, where everything has to happen quick, you know what the, uh, and I've said this before, Paul, do you know what the, uh, what the definition of a, a, a one second is? It's the time that's spent before the guy behind you honks his horn when your light has changed. That's what it is. That's, that's what we do away in America. But we need to have patience. So one of the first things that uh, my wife and I had to learn is patience. Uh, you know, we want things to happen when we say it's going to happen, but uh, it didn't happen that way in South Africa. Uh, they, they would said uh, they had a, they had a, a word, a phrase they use often, just now, just now, and just now would mean one minute. One hour, one day, one month sometimes, but it was just now. Well, I, I had to get used to that. But you know, I found out that uh, life was a lot easier 
if you just didn't become impatient all the time. It has to happen now. Especially when we're with God, God knows what needs to be done and when it needs to be done. Again, William Barclay says this, you must make it common knowledge that you never insist on the letter of the law. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means, you know, some people say, if you don't just do it, just write this way. Now, I believe in the Bible. I believe that. But, uh, you know, I believe also that God loves us. And God loves people. And we need to have patience with people who maybe do not understand things like we understand it. Because we didn't always understand it that way, did we? We need to have patience. And if we don't have patience, we're going to drive people away. We want to see people really come to Christ. We have to have patience. The message, I don't often quote this because uh, there's some things about the message that's a little bit off, but I like it, what it says here. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Now, that doesn't quite say what that verse said, but it said what needs to be said. Do you believe that? That we need to work for people, not against them. We might be against what they're doing. We might be against their lifestyle, but we're not against them. So we make thanksgiving by showing patience toward all people. Thirdly, making thanksgiving a habit by allowing our petitions to proceed by praise. When I'm saying that, before we ask God for something, we need to praise God. Now, that's not what we usually do. We say, oh, Lord, I need this, I need that. But we need to praise God. It says here in verse 5b, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, verse 6 but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, I put it in the right way, didn't it? It said, it said this, pray and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known before God. Put the thanksgiving first before you ask God for help. Aren't you glad that he hears our prayers and he wants to help us? You know, I think you have to find out uh, uh, this, and I know you all know this, but, well, you know that God always answers prayer. Did you know that? I'm very happy when he answers prayer and he does it quick. But sometimes, rather than answering prayers immediately, he uh, says, wait. Have you ever had the Lord tell you to Wait. Sometimes we need to wait because he knows when it's the best to answer that prayer. And, of course, sometimes he says no. Now, you who've had children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren, if you really love those children and great-children and grandchildren, does it mean that you will never, never say no to them because you love them so much? You know better than that. If you don't say no, when I was a kid, my parents needed to tell me no about a lot of things because I didn't know what I ought to do. And God is the same. When he says no, we say, yes, Jesus. I'll just follow you. 
then making Thanksgiving a habit by allowing our praise to be permeated by a positive perfection of purity. We need to have a positive perception of what purity really is. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, now again, I have found out this, by the way, that when Paul sometimes wrote finally, he'd keep writing quite a long time after that. But uh, I always love his writing. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. We need to live up to that, by the way. That's what we need to do. We need to look at what is good and what is bad. Old Testament devotions and ethics are inseparable response to grace. The truly godly person both longs for God's presence, where one pours out one's heart to God in joy. I'm quoting here, prayer and thanksgiving and lives in God's presence are doing the righteousness of God. Otherwise, piety is merely religion, not devotion. So we need to do it because we love God and we want to do what he wants us to do. So I'm glad that he does love us. Have one more point here. Making Thanksgiving, making Thanksgiving a habit will provide peace. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 9. These things which we have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You want to have peace in times of storm? Well, then we just need to follow God and depend upon him and believe in him. He never fails us. Never fails us. Sometimes uh, we wonder, are you going to fail me this time? Uh, remember uh, uh, Dr. Toller? Remember him? He was a district superintendent and a general superintendent. Remember him? He wrote a lot of books. His, uh, his uh, brother said that he never had a thought that he didn't write a book about. But they were good books. But he has one book that uh, this was the title of it. God never has failed me, but he scared me to death a few times, which is probably right. You know, but God does not fail us. Have you ever kind of wondered now, is God going to take care of this? If you've never wondered that, uh, please stand up and then come down to the altar and pray, and we'll ask the Lord to forgive you for not telling the truth. But there have been times when we doubt. Did you know that? But we need as quickly as we can to turn that doubt not only into belief, but into praise. And so let me say again, we need to make Thanksgiving a habit. And I want to do that. In this time, you know, 
2020 was a terrible time, wasn't it? And we thought, well, 21's going to be different, but it's still not doing very well. But you know what I found out when we were locked down there in Southern Plaza and we couldn't go out and see our family and our family couldn't come and see us? And then we had a time there when some people started getting it, and so they quarantined us. That meant we could not leave our room at all. They would bring the food up to us and knock on the, on the door and hand it out there, but we had to stay in our room and not go out at all. Uh, fortunately, we have a bathroom there. Uh, that didn't last too long, about two weeks, but it seemed like a long, long time. But you know what I found out? Truly now, I'm testifying. You know what I found out? I found out that there was one person they could not keep out from coming to that room. And that was the blessed presence of God. And it gave me a lot more time to pray. Gave me a lot more time to read things that I needed to read. And so I even gave thanksgiving for that time because God used it to bring me closer to him. And so I am making uh, this request to myself. Make thanksgiving a habit. I want to make thanksgiving a habit. Not just on uh, Thanksgiving Day, but every day of the year, no matter what is happening, let's thank God. And he'll take us through. Amen. Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming here to this service tonight and serving you and praising you. We're thankful for these testimonies that were made, the songs that were sung. Lord, we know that you were here. We always invite you to come here, and you want to be here. We don't know what this week is going to bring. We don't know what the rest of this year is going to bring. But, Lord, we know that you are still on the throne. And so we're going to thank you day by day, moment by moment, for what you have done and what you are doing and what you have promised to do until you call us home. Bless everyone who is here. I don't know there may be some here who are carrying heavy burdens, and those that we have prayed for may be carrying heavy burdens. But, Lord, we pray that you would help them to feel your peace and your presence. May they be able to give you thanksgiving in the midst of difficulty, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.